Hello everyone, welcome to this week's Red Voices. Thank you as always for stopping by. We're delighted to welcome back Chief Football Writer for The Independent, Miguel Delaney, on the show this week. We sat down for a chat with our boy Richard Kant to discuss United's victory over Leicester on Sunday night, the club's progress, Mourinho's handling of the club's young stars, and reports swirling around one Antoine Griezmann. Let's get to it. Hello Miguel. Richard. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, really appreciate you giving us your time. You haven't got too long with this, so I'll dive in as quickly as I can, if, if I may. Let's start off yesterday, you, the, uh, the the Leicester United game in isolation. How did you find it? Um, obviously, a very good result that gets... I mean, it's the interesting thing about this season, how I, I almost feel like with all the top 16, it's almost like we're going in little sets of two and three games where the kind of tone changes a bit. Because, I mean, before this game, after three successive draws in the league, there was a slight danger of kind of... United slipping back in to some of the worries around, say, November, October time. But now this one win changes the complexion again. And even as Latan was saying in the mix zone afterwards, you know, they're back in the hunt now. The gap is just suddenly two points to the top four. And that with Liverpool and Arsenal uh, possibly on some kind of decline. Although, again, if, if, if this season, yeah. if the trend of the season continues, they could get bigger boat results next week and be back on track. But also, the, the performance wasn't spectacular, but it was good. And there were some lovely attacking moves. Maybe telling that in a week where Mourinho talked about players in the comfort zone and taking opportunities, that they were more ruthless than I've seen United than at any point really this season. It has been incredible watching United this season. and Just the, the consistency of, of the poorness of the finishing. And, and it's, you know, it's a huge frustra- frustration. You know, if we were finishing those chances, then you know, potentially United could be in a, in a title race. And you know, have to have to ask ourselves how much of that can Mourinho control, and how much is just simply his his players been been letting him down. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the the one thing I always think in these situations is that if something is a problem for that long a time, now of course we, you know these the, 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 the mathematical arguments about how how long a trend can last and all this sort of stuff, and sometimes there are freaks. When something is that long, it usually suggests that it's something more than just the kind of the look of bad finishing, whether it's you know the type of chances they're creating, how they're falling. I mean, it's, it's maybe quite hard to analyse in that sense. But yeah. it would suggest there was something, so, well, one issue with, with, with the attack, perhaps. But in, in, in saying that, um, there's still, there still have some flashes of excellent moves. And like I thought there was a very interesting interview with, uh, with Hazard in midweek, which I'm going to reference in a piece of it for the Independent uh, yesterday, just in United's attacking, in which he was talking about the difference between um, Conte and Mourinho. And I think, like to be honest, it's throughout the last two years, something we've all written on Mourinho, it was, you know, it's pretty much known, that the way he sets up a team, the defensive structure is what, you know, is very focused. He knows exactly what he wants from it. But with the attacking, he, he, bar the attackers having defensive responsibilities that he expects them to fulfil, they don't necessarily have too many attacking instructions. And obviously, this feeding into the wider debate about Mourinho... The, the way of pretty much every modern coach, certainly all the modern coaches that just come into the Premier League, which is Guardiola, Conte, Pochettino, Klopp, every single one of them is much more hands-on in terms of what they expect from the attacking. I think that's, in the long run, probably more productive, and we can probably see that in the goals return. But one positive of Mourinho's approach, I suppose, is that when his attacking players are on form or in the sort of game where it suits them, as it was yesterday, with Leicester offering so much space, it means you can see these kind of instinctive, off-the-cuff uh, creativity, particularly from Mkhitaryan. How much do you think the, the game yesterday was about United playing well and Leicester 
playing poorly because the, the only reason I, I ask is I haven't seen Leicester a great deal this season. I saw them beat City 4-0. Obviously, the, the two games against United, and I've been absolutely staggered in both games that essentially Leicester gave up at half a half time. I mean, I haven't seen the team do that for you know for a long time. That they literally just packed it in at half time in both games, and you can see why they're in such trouble at the moment. Well, I mean, even even the as you said, the uh, the City game, it, it feels now that it almost comes down to a rare occasion this season where something fell Leicester's way, and also because of uh, Guardiola's utter stubbornness. Not, not, to, not to even slightly change his team for what would have been, you would expect, an easy win, given what we've seen elsewhere. Because I was I actually, I, I didn't think Leicester were that bad until the first goal. I, actually, they, they looked solid enough. And actually, they were, you know, they were threatening United a little bit. There was a Vardy slip ball for Mares that the Bailly handled well. Um, but then I think you often see that with struggling teams. And it was like, in my old paper, Stephen Hunt made, made this point a few weeks ago, that when teams are in a bad run of form, they actually often start games well because they're so desperate to make uh, an impression to, kind of, to immediately fix things. But the, but the issue is that once something goes against them, it just all falls apart. And that's exactly what happened with Leicester yesterday. Once, he, once United got that goal, it was just like it, all their confidence went. They were so meek. And I, said, I mean, I remember just looking up at one point in the, in the second half, and the amount of space around Mkhitaryan, and you know, a player like that on the form he's on isn't book going to just be brilliant, uh, which is exactly what it was. So I think it was probably fifty-fifty. Uh, yes, Leicester gave up uh, gave up a lot of space. A lot of it was down to how bad Leicester were. But unlike in other games this season, United were more than willing to uh, to punish that and were, were, looked very good in doing so. Speaking about Mkhitaryan, I was going to ask you um, about Mourinho's relationships with various players. Um, he was obviously the first, um, the first player you could say to a degree that Mourinho was punishing. Um, and from 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 our perspective, he 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 came on in the whole game uh, when we were trace, chasing uh, chasing a, a goal at the end, and looked really really bright and, and creative. And he it was very direct and dribbled through midfield really well. And then obviously he had the forty five minutes against City and just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Do you have any insight as to, into what what happened there? I did a piece in November in which I basically said Mourinho hasn't written them off yet. And I was thinking, I remember early in October when, you know, the Mkhitaryan stuff was, the Mkhitaryan questions about their height. I remember hearing that Mourinho had been concerned about how much what he wanted out of the player was getting through, but he still had confidence that it was going to come. And he, and he, he wasn't writing him off at all, uh, which is perhaps in contrast to, to, to some other players. But oh no, to be fair, I think one thing you have to say about Mourinho this season, for all his usual... And maybe fair accusations of stubbornness. He's actually changed his mind on a fair few players, from Rocco, then even even the fact that Schweinsteiger is suddenly back back in. So maybe a bit more kind of leeway to him in that sense. But yeah, Mikatsarian, he he was concerned, but he had confidence that it was go, it was going to come good. Uh, and I thought I thought his comments yesterday after the game were interesting. I mean, they've been perceived as a dig at Marcio, uh, knowing Mourinho and the fact that almost everything he says has multiple layers. Yeah. Uh, there's probably a little element to that. Well, I, I think it's probably justifiable also what he said about Mkhitaryan. That, I mean, he had that, that a very typical Mourinho comment, which we've heard from, say, everyone from Hazard to Joe Cole, in which um, you see the, the magic, but I also see the uh, the other things that I want. So yeah. I suppose it's a case of Mkhitaryan getting up to speed, and not just getting up to speed with Mourinho, but also getting up to speed with the kind of the rigours of the English game. Because I remember hearing early on that he what it did actually, it, it, it did affect him a little bit, just the almost a climate change. There were comments from kind of people close to the club that he, he was actually shocked at how, well, not shocked, but he, he, it struck the player how much it was raining in Manchester and things like that. But obviously, um, these are all elements 
that he's had to get used to, including what the manager wants. And that's, as, as we saw yesterday, that's more than happened. I'm not sure Dortmund's a tropical paradise, is it? But well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, we put we put some calls out of Twitter questions yesterday, and, and the vast majority of people asked the same thing, which was, "What on earth is going on with with Anthony Martial?" And you know, for, you wrote in a, in a piece about him either yesterday or the day before that uh, a quote from Mourinho where he talks about wanting to challenge players. Yeah. How does he choose the players that he thinks should be challenged in that way? And is is he bright? I mean, particularly this season, we've seen it with with Luke Shaw as well. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think that's 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 going to be a productive experience for those players, or do you perhaps think that he he's trying to apply a stick when when a carrot's needed? Uh, I think it's a little bit more of the latter. I think he, he, even though uh, Mourinho has shown more leeway with players this season, and and people have been able to force their way back in, I think there's still an element that this is this is just the way he managed this, this, manages. This is this is what's been successful for him, and I mean Mourinho's whole ethos, his goal is to create these fiercely committed teams. Uh, all all his best teams have been these you know in, in, intensely competitive sides from Chelsea to Porto to Inter, uh, and, and 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 to get that, this is what he feels he has to do. I, I think he does it with nearly every player, but obviously some players immediately buy into it a bit quickly. But I, there there is probably something to say for the fact that it's usually the attacking players. That he has more issues with in this regard, and, and even obviously Shaw is a full-back. He's still someone that, with the Marine, with the way Mourinho plays, I suppose with the, with the modern full-back as well, there, there has to be that attacking side to his game. But, but yeah, but more more often now, it's usually, actually, it's often attacking wide players. Now, I was going to say it's interesting because somebody did actually ask me that question. They said, "What's what's Mourinho's problem with with wingers?" I, I, I think it fundamentally comes down to he, he expects certain defensive responsibilities because even when you're just talking to people around the club last week the the example was put forward of Rashford like I mean a lot of people have I think fairly said that you can't treat every every player the same particularly not attacking players when there has to be a certain amount of leeway when they're young and things like that they're not going to offer that consistency but on the other side of it it was put to me how Rashford has actually been willing to compromise so much of the game he's doing things he wouldn't necessarily usually do but he's you know he's almost kind of buying himself that time whereas Martial maybe hasn't offered as much in that regard. It's it's interesting actually because from from the outside there's a lot of frustration that Martial hasn't been playing and the Rashford has been playing in that in that left wing position. I think the prior to yesterday he'd played there eight times and United only won one of those games. You know you could see the argument whereas for Rashford in that he clearly follows instructions he works very hard. Mm-hmm. But then on the on the other side, you see a talent like Martial, who was by far United's best out player, outfield player last season. Um, God only knows where we've been without him. But and you just think there's there's a talent that yeah. just needs to be played. And even if he wasn't playing his best, he just needs to be played. And it's it, it, I think it's been particularly frustrating in the last couple of weeks because uh, Mourinho said after uh, prior to the Wigan game that if Martial played well, then there'd be a place for him in the in the hole the whole game and then obviously he he uh, assisted two goals had a really good second half and then didn't appear against Hull and then the game wasn't going the way United wanted it to they needed really needed some goals and some creativity and he, he still didn't bring him on so do, do you think do you think there's anything more to this any, any sort of personal issue to this or is he just waiting for him to adapt to what he wants him to do I, I, I think it's more of that I mean we've, there's been so many stories about Marciano I suppose even kind of in terms of um his personal life at all, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's really happening. I think it's much more so just down to, I suppose, a little bit of almost 
Um, I'm not going to say a personality clash, but almost a clash of... It comes down to almost the ideology of how you treat young players. I think, fundamentally, Martial is an attacking talent who needs to be, not indulged, I would say, but needs a bit of space and, and almost kind of that time and that patience to be allowed to flourish. And and some managers work that way, whereas Mourinho has always been one of those managers. He said at Chelsea, you know, I know within 10 seconds whether a, a young player is you know ready for what I want to do. I think that's, that, that's just the way it is. He's not just not a manager who is will offer that um that sort of space to flourish um and well it, well it's i think it could be frustrating in terms of how he deals with certain players the flip side is it's also what's given Mourinho this uh this spectacular cv so i mean yeah. no manager is perfect in that way i think um it's always something you maybe you could maybe level up Mourinho um but you know, the you know, flip side is it's not a problem if he's winning and scoring, um, and I, that 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 is why I would be slightly fearful unless Martial adapts a bit more. Yeah, you there, there could be issues there ahead. Yeah, in terms of of Luke Shaw, he did struggle at the start of the season. You think back, he, the injury he had was absolutely horrendous, and the, the biggest fear was always going to be that he didn't fully recover his physical qualities and also psychologically from it. And he clearly was struggling at the start of the season. Do you think he's still sidelined because of issues he's having with the injury itself and and it's still bothering him? Or is he just really out of favour with Mourinho and, and, and not giving him what he wants from him? I think, again, it's a bit of both. I mean, there has to be an understanding of what Shaw has come through. But from what I've heard also, Mourinho has been frustrated about how slow Shaw has been to get up to speed with what he wants. Um, and I think this is very much a make or break period. I think at the, at the, like if if Mourinho is forcing the decision now, he he would sell. I think, um, and I've, I've heard that from a fair few people. But but he but he's not into, he's not being forced the decision now, and he is willing to give Shaw a few a few games to prove himself. And 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 to be fair to Mourinho again, he's done that with a fair few players this season that were initiated. Like it, it, it could still be the case that Shaw turns it back round, but he's got an awful lot of work to do. And I think what it was maybe. It's 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 not it's not the best indicator that he played last week and then was immediately just not in the squad yesterday. Mm. Um, but yeah, he he's got a significant amount of work to do. As a whole, over the season we've seen so far, can you see what Mourinho is trying to achieve? Can you see an end point to what he's trying to do? Uh, in terms of how he wants the team to play, yeah, I mean you've 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 been quite critical in that you don't feel he's quite the the manager that he was before, and I mean I certainly prior to the winning run that we went on, I was struggling to see tactically what he was trying to achieve. And perhaps perhaps some of that comes down to what you were saying in that he in terms of his attacking players, he's happy for them, you know, to give them licence to, to kind of do what they want to do. Do you, can you actually see is it what what is the you know, we talk about other managers and, and their philosophies and you kinda of get the idea of what Guardiola is trying to do and certainly what Conte's done, you can see exactly what he's trying to achieve and he's achieved it incredibly quickly. can, can you see ultimately what Mourinho would like to achieve with his team? Well, I, I, I was thinking, and what, what, what I said in a big piece for ESPN before I moved at the start of the season, was I expect him to try and do something similar to Inter 2008-2010, more so the second season, obviously. And I think that's still the goal. Um, but it's interesting, but I mean, obviously, I, I'm on record, I still firmly believe that Mourinho is no longer at the forefront of management in the way he was five years ago. And I think that's a very fair thing to say, given how most manager, modern managers work, how 
all the most recently successful managers work. But that, but at the same time, that doesn't mean he um, he can still be successful. Like it's, it's not like managers just fall off a cliff in that way. No. And I, I, at the start of the season, I, I predicted them to uh, to finish second, be behind Guardiola City actually. <laughs> but that, that's not going so great either. <laughs> that's not going so well. Do, do, is that because? Do you think that's because the, the game has changed in the last the last few years, or, or has Mourinho stopped doing things that he was doing before? No, I, I think Mourinho is pretty much doing everything as he was, and right right down to the fact of how he still pushes players' buttons. I mean, we've even heard from some of the Chelsea players behind the scenes that that's just that's the way he goes about, it. and some of them were a little bit wise to it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. so I think because of all that, I expected him. And I think I expect maybe quicker effect to do because of the intensity derived from teams, and because this is a new United team that we're almost crying out for new direction after just how how bad the Van Gaal thing thing got. Mm-hmm. They, they just all felt so programmed and suppressed. I think they, they were ready for someone like Mourinho. And after they started the season, well, okay, they, they, they might actually go beyond second. You'd have to think they're going to be right in the title hunt here. But I mean, that's why I kind of, to, to be honest, it's it just the spell from September to almost November really was just so. And until I suppose maybe the Burnley game, the the results and to a degree the performance were kind of just so underwhelming that I was thinking you maybe may, may have actually underestimated how much how much the, the, the decline is almost the wrong way of, of looking at it. It's more it's more so a case of he's still doing the same things as the game has slightly changed. You know, players are different. I mean that that's one thing that we constantly hear at Chelsea that whereas the two thousand five generation they they all utterly loved Mourinho. And they were also a slightly more maybe grown-up generation. They hadn't come through the academy system in the same way. They hadn't been as maybe costed as the wrong word, but it, it, I suppose it was, it was just a different a, a different um, background of the game. Whereas this generation, initially they always respected them, and some of them liked them, but they, 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 there was there wasn't really the the you know, undying love that players yeah. like Lampard had, that like players like Drogba had. And I'd heard it was, it was actually quite key that when Drogba left in the summer of 2015. Because Drogba was seen as a as a, a usually important um, go between, basically between the younger players and Mourinho, because effectively he could almost kind of, you know, interpret some of Mourinho's maybe harsher calls, more cryptic, cryptic comments for for some of the younger players at the club. And then I'd also obviously heard that so some of the players weren't. It, it kind of started in that, in that title season, um, where he got so he was, he was going on about the kind of cost issue so much. And I think some of the some of the players were just some of the Chelsea players were a little disconcerted by that. And we're going off a tangent here, but I suppose a lot of that feeds into the idea of how you know players have changed from from when Mourinho was at his absolute peak, and also um, the game has changed a little bit as well. I mean, Ken Early wrote what I thought was an excellent article on I think it was around November period that if you look at the two biggest tactical shifts in the last decade, one was pressing. Which has even evolved from what Guardiola brought back with Barca in 2008 to you know what Klopp has tried to do, what Pochettino and Conte have tried to do, and and the other was kind of this um, the use of the ball possession. You don't you don't see any of that really in um, in Mourinho's play. Like so, it, it's a, it's all, I don't want to say that the game is bypassed in that sense, but he's still stayed resolute to his ideas without incorporating these more modern shifts of come. And I think that will tell at some point, and. As the day after three 0 win, as optimistic as I would be for United again, mm. I still think there's a bit of an issue to be looked at in terms of the big games. In that it is quite quite conspicuous that 
I mean, so, so, so I've been to a lot of the games in the big, the top six this season, and some of them have been actually among the best games I've been to in like the the half decade I've been here covering the Premier League. Particularly Chelsea, City, um, Chelsea Spurs, City Spurs, uh, Liverpool Chelsea. But there's been no United games in there. Yeah, I think that again. Okay, it comes back to Mourinho's specific approach in big games and how you know he first seeks to lock them down. But that in itself says a lot in that in that sense that he's unwilling to 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 make that leap. But again, I, I don't want to come across sounding too too critical, I suppose. But that, that's basically why I've had this viewpoint that he's no longer quite at the forefront. But I still think he's got enough qualities, particularly you know in terms of his kind of psychological management and the intensity drives in teams that you know United can and should still be usually competitive under him. And when he, when, he, when he first got the job, I expect him, say, to win at least one title in four years, despite what had happened with Chelsea. It's still... Maybe not as confident that prediction as I was. And for, I, know, I know there's been a lot of glee at, uh, at say, City and what, what's happened with Guardiola, and very justifiable criticism of, uh, of Guardiola City over the past few weeks. But I think... Like the way they've suddenly fixed it, and like some of the football they've played in the last few weeks, that yeah, that, yeah. that that does look like football from the future. And I mean, if I was to kind of to forecast the next two three years, you can almost see it uh, as being a little bit of more of a Chelsea City shootout between Conte and Guardiola. But but again, you know, look look at some of the predictions that would have been made at the start of the season, how this season has turned out. Uh, so we can <laughs> predictions can make it look very foolish. Mourinho chose not to buy in January, or he wasn't able to get the players he wanted. Do you, do you think this squad in itself? Should be qualifying for the top four. Yeah, I, to be honest, I think this this squad with that manager should be challenging for the title. I have to say, uh, and I think yeah. it will be underperformance if they don't do that this season. But it won't feel like underperformance, obviously, because at one point it got so bad and they were so far away, and also because I think they're likely to win at least one trophy, possibly two. And I think on the whole. That'll probably be a qualified success of a season. I know that's a very that sounds a very very harsh thing to say about winning trophies, which should be the kind of yeah, the yeah. currency of the game. But the fact is, it's changed. If, you know, if we want to look at the importance of trophies like the League Cup or FA Cup, well, you know, look at the fact that Louis Van Gaal's not in a job anymore, which kind of shows yeah. how, how much that means. I think the one thing I've the one thing I've I've concluded about Mourinho um, is that whether he succeeds or fails ultimately United I think he'll leave us with a stronger squad than we started with I think the four the four signings he made in the summer are all excellent players and, and, and there was an encouraging kind of um, ruthlessness to the way they got those players again the way that you know had been so, like the fact they hadn't have been such an issue for the for under Van Gaal under Moyes yeah. so that like that was a very that, that was one I think, I think that fed into some of the pre-season confidence on my own part as well the fact that they you know alright we're, all, we're already seeing effect before from Mourinho, mm. before we even got onto a pitch, I think and in, in, in selling as well. You know, we sold two players in the January window, which previously, previously we'd have given away for about five million quid and and some buttons. Um, and, and it just seems like the club is is acting at more like a big club should, both in terms of buying and selling. After after questions about Martial, the the next biggest the next biggest want was some information on on Antoine Griezmann and uh, and his future. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, we reported a few weeks ago that uh, he has given his okay to the terms the United offer, and I would still be very, very, very surprised if the transfer doesn't happen. There are there are a few, a fair few complications yet. Uh, there's a Letico Madrid situation. They're moved to a new stadium. Um, the kind of maybe loyalty demands would be on the player to maybe stay at least one more season. You know, the the, the doubt about Simeone's future. But I think ultimately the player realizes. He himself needs to step up and step up soon. I think if he had his way, uh, he would leave this summer. 
I think United will, you know, there's been a lot of talk about where they meet the buyout clause if Atletico don't sell. I haven't heard that personally, but I think it would, even if even if they don't, it's going to be one of those situations where they'll really go from it. it'll be hard for Atletico to turn down. But it's, but there's also, I think I think Griezmann does have slight concerns from what from what I've heard over whether he finished in top four and there's the specter of Real Madrid as well. You know, as as we know, he's a huge Beckham fan, and while Beckham has played for United in the number seven shirt, he's he's also played for Real. Do you think he'd be conscious of uh, of of retaining his standing with with Atleti fans? I, I don't think he'd be too bothered after that. That's fair enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Assuming that that United keep Ibrahimovic next season, and to be honest, if he keeps his form up, you'd expect that to happen. Where would you see Griezmann fitting in tactically? Well, I, I think playing off a bigger striker, which is, um, you know, which is almost because I think as, as a, he's almost not physically strong enough as a kind of a, that forceful presence as a in a Mourinho team, but and it might cause a bit of a, sh- a shuffle to Mourinho's approach. Uh, by, by the way, I, I should say I, I'd nearly be, I'd go as far as like maybe five percent confident that Griezmann would be a, a, a United player next season. But you know that fifteen percent can obviously grow in time. But like, I, I think it's, it's also it's also telling that there's already been kind of discussions between you know commercial um, aspect uh, about commercial aspects. So which shows how kind of far along things are. But yeah, I'd expect him to play off a big striker. Whether that's Zlatan, interesting. Like, I, I would fully expect Zlatan to stay another season, but there was actually a few Swedish journalists at the Leicester game yesterday, and just mm. kind of chatting to them. And a, f- a few of them were actually saying that they, they're beginning to think Zlatan could go to the MLS next season. Um, and that they, you know, it is part of his career plan to eventually go there. Uh, from, from what I've heard, I think he could at least stay another season. You know, and obviously Mourinho has made that very clear as well. Uh, and I would be surprised if it happened so soon. That's why I, I would think you'd see Griezmann playing off uh, Ibrahimovic in that way. Uh, in a way, it actually worked well. I mean, a, a player who I think is good, but not brilliant, obviously. But the way uh, Griezmann played off Giroud in some in some of the Euro 2016 games, and it did work quite well because, you know, it, it suddenly gave Griezmann the space to run into. It took, took a bit of heat off him, and he was really effective in that way. But if Zlatan were to go, and I'm, I still don't think it will happen, I think United and Lukaku could be one to watch out as well because I mean, for, for everything to happen at Chelsea... Mourinho ultimately wanted Lukaku in the long term, but the player felt he had to develop and he had to play football. Uh, but they've stayed on very good terms, and Mourinho remains a fan of the player. Um, I wouldn't completely rule that out. No, I was going to say one one caveat with with Ibrahimovic. You do, you do wonder if he's he's the kind of man who he he won't want to decline. Um, he won't want to be seen to decline, um, and so I guess he it, it, he's he's trying to work out the point at which he should move across the Atlantic without. Without you know an obvious decline in this game, his personality is someone that will want to. He he doesn't want a situation where he's seen it's kind of well. Let, let, I suppose let's be honest, maybe a bit of a Wayne Rooney situation where he's seen you're just not the force you were. And I, one thing I have to say about Ibrahimovic, because I've been slightly surprised just how how effective he still is at that age. I mean, like it's it is remarkable because yeah. yeah. I mean, remember you think I joked on Twitter myself when he first came. I expect him to get about ten goals next season, four against Hull or something like that. But like, I mean, he's been usually impressive. The one thing that that surprised me—I mean, obviously I've seen him, seen him play for PSG, but but when he plays for your club, just just the sheer physical presence of him. He, you know, he's an absolutely enormous man, incredibly powerful, but but with the technique as well. I think that's the kind of combination you don't really appreciate until you're actually watching him at your club. 
Yeah, completely, completely. That's it. Until you're kind of watching him up close and what he, what he actually does. And, and the one thing about Ibrahimovic as well, and this, I mean, I remember I kind of wrote a piece in April that got a bit of criticism from Sweden, in Sweden for this. But I think it is fair to say that for a player of his talent, it did feel a little soft just being in France that time, just 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 because of the yeah. fact that Paris Saint-Germain were so far ahead of everyone else. And he, okay, even if they hadn't won a title before he got there, it still it was still inevitable just because of just the resource difference so great. And before that, he was at, he spent most of his time at Juventus and Inter, and they were both at both in situations where they were far ahead of the rest. Mm. And it, it did feel as if a player of his talent wasn't fully testing himself. I mean, the, 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 I made a mind Jack Jack, Jack Brook the independence made the point that there's a, there's a strong debate that um, finishing fourth in the league with Arsenal, even, well, particularly this season, given given how competitive it is, but finishing fourth in the league with Arsenal is a greater achievement than winning a title at PSG. And, and it's not that outlandish. No, I mean, it, is a, it, is a bit, it has been a very brave move for him. If you think that he's, he's had an unparalleled success and then to, to move to a much more demanding league at that age. Um, but I guess that, that's, uh, that's the sort of confidence he has in himself. You know, which is something that United have been missing. I think I think the one thing we have this season that we've not had for the last two or three years is we've got we have got some egos, but we've also got some self belief in those players as well, and that that makes a huge difference. It was the most striking thing in those first three games of the season, where suddenly, like you know, Mourinho Mourinho's going out and putting on a, putting on the pitch. He had you know a guy got out there, big strong guy with his shoulders back, and like Ibrahimovic immediately kind of like just he he radiated a sense, right? We mean business. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any other transfer tidbits for the for the summer that any other players that we might be looking at? Uh, I, I am surprised that United didn't go for a defender in either a centre half or right back because the two areas that Mourinho's been looking at a long time. I think that, I think that probably comes down to just they couldn't get the and just couldn't get the right deals. And it is conspicuous that um, you know none of the top six, despite all wanting to do business, they are despite all wanting all having areas they want to to uh, to improve. The only club to do business for a city. I think this this could actually be a huge factor in the at the end of the season. That I mean, when City first signed Gabriel Jesus, um, I think because of his age and because of um, I suppose almost his status, there was a sense that he was only going to be you know a secondary role to uh, to Aguero. But obviously, that's that's not the case. He looks like the finished article already. I think that that could be hugely influential. That City were the only side to actually. To strengthen and by the, look, by the looks of things, significantly strengthen in January. Uh, and there is st- there is still a lot to be said for how that can kind of just give your season an extra kick. But I suppose the, the one issue Mourinho had, he, he he wants a properly commanding uh, central defender, and I suppose the problem is that the only properly commanding central defenders um, who would be notionally available are they're only available because you're going to have to pay upward of sixty million. Yeah. So that that's that's an issue. Um, you probably can't go. But I think it looks like Bonucci's going to stay at Juventus. So the, the search for centre half goes on. He's all, he's also interested in a midfielder. I imagine they go in back, go back in for Bakayoko in the summer, which is no I've not heard too many other names mentioned at the moment. I suppose at the now it's a case of kind of ramping up for the summer. But for the summer, I expect a, a big name in Griezmann, two defenders, and maybe an, another midfield option. Given that the, I suppose the midfield options are, are a little bit depleted now. Yeah, I mean Carrick needs a needs replacing at some point. He's He's played so many games this season already. You can see he started a creek. So, just to finish off, have a have a punt. Where do you think United will finish the season? Um, this actually is probably a completely different answer than I would have given you a week ago or four weeks ago. Because <laughs> I'm almost changing every week. Right now, I'll say I'm, I'm tempted almost to say second or third. I think Tottenham are still a bit too young. Don't have the sustainability. They will. They will just slightly fall away again. And 
Europe could be an issue for them. Although I do, I do think in terms of the quality of player available, the resources, they're almost kind of the best performing team in the league, if you get me, just in the sense that they're making the most of what they have. Mm. Um, although obviously Chelsea have been sensational. Um, I, I, I do expect City to go on a run. Um, and I think, the, yeah, even the manner they won yesterday's game, having initially had this impact from Jesus, is significant. It's one of those kind of, it does feel as if a bit of a transformative moment. I would fear for Arsenal. I'm actually surprised at how pronounced Liverpool's uh, drop-off has been, especially because I was at the Liverpool-Chelsea game, and it did look like they were, you know, they were back onto it a bit. I think the fact that they, they do have a run now where they've got, it's only league games till the end of the season, will help them. We could see a, a bit of a return to form, but you you would, if you're a Liverpool fan, you should, I think, have huge concerns at, at what has happened there, and just how much the wheels have come off. Um, and I think of all those sides, United, United have it in them to go on a longer, better run than, than Arsenal or Liverpool and, and more quality about them than Tottenham. Uh, so for that reason, I think it could be end up United and City fighting for second behind Chelsea. I mean, I was just even looking at Chelsea's uh, fixtures, the, the amount of games they have against teams they've, you know, had made such easy work of this season. Mm. I don't think anyone will really get close to them. It's going to take a close, close to a miracle for them to drop to, to, uh, to slip. But yeah, I think United second or third, probably third. But I think they will go on a bit of a run. The thing about Chelsea is they're just incredibly efficient. Um, they actually remind, remind, remind me to a degree of, of, a, of a Mourinho team in that respect, that, that they don't necessarily dominate games, or, or Mourinho's Chelsea anyway. They don't necessarily dominate games, but they just power through. And, and they don't have too much interest in dominating games. Either. They're, kind of, they're, either, they're willing to use an opponent's weakness against them. Like, <laughs> I, 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 was at, I was at the game on Saturday as well. And I, actually, I didn't think they were brilliant on Saturday compared to what they could be, but they still just had too much for a, a pathetically weak Arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. Miguel, thank you very much for giving us your time. Cheers, thank you, thank you. Great stuff. We hope you all enjoyed that. Good to hear from Miguel again, and thanks again to him for giving up his time for us this evening. Apologies that we couldn't get through all of your questions. We do appreciate you sending them in, but due to time constraints, uh, it was very interesting to get insight into the current state of play at United from Miguel. So again, thank you very much for that. Don't forget, you can get us all over Twitter. You can get the pod at Red Voices MUFC. You can get Rich at RichardCan76. You can get Miguel at, at Miguel Delaney. And you can get our blog at redvoices.net. Have yourselves a cracking week, everyone. Take care and cheerio. 